0: to the start where you found me I'm coming back to your heart Heart. take me this is all I can bring come on put your hands together coming back I'm coming back to the start where you found me I'm coming back to your heart Let the future begin Let the future begin Put your hands together, I kiss you Love Could you build it up? Come on, here we go, sing it with me. One, two.
1: Distracted, or we just get so we lose focus, we lose sight of why we come here and why we do this. It becomes such a habit. Just every Sunday, you go to church, you get dressed, you show up, you sit, you listen to the sermon, you sing a few songs, and you go home. And while it might sound a little bit convicting to hear, you know, just getting another check mark in our good deeds book it's so much more than that God wants so much more than that from you with him he wants a relationship with you he wants to spend time with you so if you really really came here today to meet with him I dare you just to focus on him for the next few moments don't let another week go by where you came to meet with God but you don't meet with him set the appointment, you made the meeting, now meet with him.
2: Cheers.
3: sometimes we want everything on our timing and sometimes it's really hard when it's not on our timing but God today we're gonna stand here we're gonna say that we're gonna wait for your presence to meet us here and I just want you to know that when God's presence fills this place you have to invite him in he can be here and you can miss it and he can be with us daily and we can miss it and so tonight today right now in this moment God we need your presence in our life God we can't do it without you God we need you God Fill your presence of this place, God. If there are people, God, that have never experienced your presence here, God, I just pray that today, God, is the day where they say something was different. Something was different. So, God, we need you. God, we don't want to do it without you. We can't do it without you, God. We're waiting for you.
4: Jesus, we're waiting, we're waiting. Oh, 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 how great you are.
5: Candice, can you just pray us out? Just finish off our worship this morning.
3: Dear God, I I thank you for your presence here, God. And I I thank you, God, that wherever each person is in this place, God, that you will meet them there. That that you're going to meet them there. God, that you're not going to leave them on their own, God, but that you're there. God, and you're faithful. So we thank you for that. In Jesus'
5: name. Amen. amen, amen. You guys can be seated. Good morning, Hill City Church. Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Um, can you just stay, Jen? You don't have to have your guitar or anything, but um, you know, I um, I got to go uh, backpack in the last couple days, and um, got some got some exciting uh, announcements to say on this. You can tell you're talking to Hill City kids when they give you little sticky notes. They're like, here's your announcement. Thank you. Um, oh, is this for me? No, just kidding. Um, so I just got a, uh, a Garmin, uh, like a Fitbit thing. Everyone know what I'm talking about? All right. Um, you're like, yes, they're the worst. No. Um, so I got this Garmin thing, Jen, and it, um, it, it, t- it tracks my steps. It's really cool. And then you just sit there and you're obsessing, right? So I was, I was backpacking. And so I did like 11 miles per day. So my steps were like through the roof, right? 20, I mean, it's, I'm not bragging, but I'm sort of him right now. Um, so I did, I did 22,000 steps in one day. No response? No, nothing? No, I'm just kidding. Yes. It was kind of cheating. Cause like, do you ever walk like 11 miles around? Probably not, right? But I have this thing on it called move alert, all right? Move alert on. And what that does, if you don't have one of these little trackers, if, you, if you've been inactive for a while, it'll buzz and say, move, exclamation point. Because it's proven, like if you sit there all day and you haven't done anything, what's the best thing for you is to move, right? And so I'm sitting there and I was like, I just walked 15,000 steps. Why are you telling me to move? It's like, well, you've been inactive for two hours, you know? Um... And I, I was just thinking, like, um, it didn't buzz because I was clapping. So I probably got, like, 400 steps just now just by uh, clapping my hands during that song. But I wonder if uh, in our own life sometimes, you know, are you, do you need to move? Do you need, like, a spiritual Fitbit or a spiritual garment or a spiritual iPhone where it's like, you know, I haven't moved in a while, right? And, and in some ways, I'm thinking what I did, you know, I served years ago or I've done things in the past and I'm good now, you know? My garment doesn't care, it's like you haven't moved. <laughs> what was good enough maybe two hours ago or two years ago or five, 10 years ago in your life, maybe you grew up in church, I'm getting kind of deep here, but maybe you grew up in church, but maybe it's time to, in this time of worship, and I don't know, at the end, to take that step and get that little buzz in your hand that's annoying but it says move, amen? We talk about pulling closer, draw me a little closer. That requires us to take a step and move, you know what I'm saying? That you take that step and God comes closer in that moment. Instead of saying, just come to me, God. Come to me, God. Come to me, God. Move. Let that thing just buzz right now. And I, if I'm convicting you right now, I'm kind of glad because that's what I'm trying to do. But I just want us as a church to go after God. Amen? That we don't sit there and wait and be recipients and consumers, but that we take that step forward. That we push out. And in that moment, you'll be surprised. You'll be shocked how good it is. You'll be shocked. And I just want us to be that. So, you know, you don't have to do that right now, but as we, as we go in worship, as that's just a part of our culture in this church is to take that step forward and have that, that movement. Amen? All right, I'm done. No. I got a few announcements. Um, and Jen, you, thank you for staying there. I just, I don't know why I wanted you to stay, but I thought that was good. Um. So we got a couple of exciting things come up. Uh, my name's Paul, by the way, I'm part of the leadership team here. And um, so if, you, uh, if it's your first time, welcome. I know we got a few first, first few time. No, that's not how you say it. First time people, I'll just keep it really simple. Um, so if, you, if you'd like to learn more about uh, Hill City and what we're about, uh, please meet us back at the uh, refreshment center or, or um, out in the, uh, the foyer there. Um, we'd, be, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, so with that, one of the primary ways that we like for people to get connected is through our groups. And groups are small groups, not like this. They're typically between 5 and f- 15 people, unless you're in the Vargas's group and it's like 50. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but the uh, awesome groups. So we, we, we meet throughout the week. And these are smaller groups outside of our, our church that meets on a Sunday morning. And so we, we launch uh, groups every year, uh, sometimes semi-annually or twice a year. So say September 11th, September 11th. Obviously, we need to think of 9-11. That's not necessarily a positive thing. But um, by September 11th uh, for us, we're actually, which is in what, two weeks? Two weeks from today, uh, we're, we're launching another wave or another group uh, of groups. Um, so uh, we'd love for you guys to, uh, to be here, to get, uh, to get involved, um, to be, really uh, share life, do life together. It's part of what we say around here. Um, So we're going to be doing that on September 11th. And then right after service, we're going to be doing a barbecue, a Life Group barbecue, which is out at the Beelman's house. And we'll have more information on that. Um, But it's out in Todd Creek about, what, 15 minutes north of here? 10, thank you. All right, 10 minutes north. Um, And they they have a nice little tiny house that we can all get together. And, um, so, um, anyway, they're great hosts and they do a group themselves. Um, and so we're going to have a sign up here. And then after that, you're all invited, um, as part of being, uh, signing up for life groups to come out to that house. And Mark, did I miss anything there? We're good. All right. One, uh, just a couple other small things, uh, homeless care packages. You'll see a little, uh, sign out there that, um, we the, the, kids are Hill city kids, which we, uh, they're all back there. All your crazies. If you checked them in, um, they're all back there getting, uh, getting taught by our, our, our leaders. Uh, but we're doing, uh, they're raising, they're, uh, sorry, they're, they're making little packages for homeless um, people. So if you want to help contribute to that, um, there's a sign-up sheet out there. And it's just these little bags. They're really cool. Um kind of the, uh, the essentials, if you will, um, just to be able to pass out to homeless people. So um, Paul Cervantes and uh, Megan, uh, Frank, my wife, are, are partnering to do that. So a little sign out there. Um, and lastly, I just want to, whoa, oh, I'm not used to this easel. What is this thing? Um, I'll write one little thing here. Can I use your board? Who knows what a 501c3 is? All right, good. So this is, a, we, if you didn't know it, it was your first time, uh, we were a church plant about five years ago, and uh, we were launched out from Thrive Church out of Federal Heights, Colorado, um, and about just uh, about two months ago, uh, we became our own independent church uh, called Hill City Church. And there's this thing called 501c3. If you're not like, you know, you're like, what is a 501c3? Um, that's nonprofit status. Um, so uh, we applied for that. Uh, it's it's a, It can be an expensive process. Um, it can be a long process because you have to approve a lot of things. You have to have bylaws and a constitution and you have to have an organization and all these other things, all right? And um, we got a letter from the IRS yes, the other day and John opened it up and he was able to see that we were approved for 501c3. So that's really exciting. It, it actually took two months. So it can t- they say it takes anywhere from two months to 10 months. It's kind of like the Comcast guy. Like, we'll be at your house between 12 and 10. Sometime. So it said two to 10 months. We're like, oh gosh. And some churches, some organizations spend $10,000 doing this because it's so hard. Um, but I want to call it my wife specifically, Megan Frank. She was huge in putting the documents together. This is over a hundred page document you have to submit. And I, I know this may seem kind of boring to you guys, but it's really exciting because we are our own you know, nonprofit organization now. Uh, this enables everybody here with your donations giving, everything that you do that is uh, tax deductible. Uh, we had committed to this. We promised it. It's a reality now. It's not something we have to retroactively go do. So anything that was given back to even the beginning of March um, to Hill City uh, is tax deductible. Um, and John could talk a little bit more about the benefits. But for us personally, it just, I felt like it really is validation of God's grace on our church. Amen? That this could have gone, in, you don't know, dealing with the government is not always straightforward and easy, right? Getting on the phone and be like, well, you're missing this, this, this. Um, and you guys can come forward as, as, I, as I close out uh, my announcement. But um, we're just really excited to have that status um, and that it's, uh, it, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a government thing. It's not a spiritual thing. There's nothing in the Bible that says when you start a new church, you have to 501c3. Um, but for us personally, it's, it's a huge milestone, and we're very humbled and, and excited that that happened so quickly for this church, and um, it, it's good. It's good. Say, it's good. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray. God, thank you for the favor in this moment, God. We ask for your presence. God, we ask for, to speak through Pastor John, this amazing message that's coming up, and, and I pray that we would just open our spiritual ears, God, open our, our hearts, God, to, to be open to your word this morning. And I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your blessing upon this place, God. We're excited, and most of all, God, we just want to be obedient, God, as we follow you. Lord, we, may we not be a distraction, God, but that we may wake, wake up this morning and have that little buzz on our hand that says, move, God, that we would move closer to you, Father. And we ask, I ask right now, God, that you would just move in this place, move in this place, even in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. How are you guys doing? All right, I'm going to erase this,
6: this 501c3 stuff. I want to congratulate Kimberly and Adam back there. They just got married. Woo! All right, make sure you congratulate them. Excited for their future and uh, just a lot of things going on. And, uh, and I was just thinking about what Paul was saying. And, 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 and in our movement towards God, that's how God moves towards us as well. God is always moving towards us, but there's something a little different, a shift that happens as we move our hearts towards Christ, and there's a movement that takes on in our life. Today, the message that I get to speak to you is called the dance. Say the dance. And, 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 and if you, you're, this is your first time, my name is John, and uh, welcome here, and uh, I know that many of you guys, uh, look at that, that's the dance right there. That's my move. That's my move, right? Right? But, uh, but I know bunch of you parents, you guys are excited because your kids are back to school. You got your lives back, all right? You, you see on the, you see, if you're like a Facebooker, you see the memes on there of parents dancing as children are headed back to school, and I, I love it. It just makes me laugh. Uh, but I, I love summertime with the kids, and they, uh, and I love how they say, what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next, Dad? Uh, are we going to do something today? It's like this constant. It's like this constant. I'm like, well, can you just relax? Just relax. Like, I just want to sit down. Can I re- sit down? And like, you give them lunch or you give them breakfast. What are we going to do now? You're like, uh, I love these words. I know you parents love them. I'm bored. I'm bored. And, and I love, I was thinking about summertime with my kids. I was like, I tell my kids st- stuff like this. I was never bored when I was your age. I went outside to play. But, uh, but then when I look back, I was like, you know why I was outside? It's because I was bored. We like to fool with our kids, like, we didn't do that. We totally did that. We were bored, too. That's why we went outside. The reason we built all sorts of weird stuff, I don't know if you, when you were a little kid, you built a lot of things. I built a lot of things for no reason. Yeah, forts, tree houses that didn't work, that were, like, like death traps, like, don't climb, don't go to the left of that, the whole thing will tip, you know? We would build tree houses, we'd build, like, these boxcar racers that we'd almost kill ourselves in, and we would get injuries. I, I think I got hit by a car a couple times, but I survived. Here I am, right? But I was just thinking, it was because I was bored. So I was like, next time, I'm not going to tell my kids that. <laughs> but, but I was just thinking about this time, these moments of uh, just, just in life. And if you're a parent, it's a really busy moment in life. Things are going, 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 going. And, 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 and as I look back, I just want you guys to enjoy your moment. Even in these moments, I want us to move towards God. Even in our busyness, we need to walk just one step. I always say we're half a step away from God. As you take one step towards God, He is on the run towards you. I really believe that we have a God that so loves us that He gave His very best, that He gave His Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have this eternal life, this everlasting life, this more-than-life that He promises us. Amen? Man, we're gonna get into this. I've been studying on this for uh, the past three weeks, so uh, I probably have too much information in my mind and too many things in my heart about this. But we're on part two of the message series, Meet Jesus. We're on part two, and we're going through the book of Mark verse by verse by verse. And I love doing it this way. I actually hate doing it this way because it's way harder to do, right? Right? When you go through anything verse by verse, when you're going through it like from beginning to end, you're like, oh man, this is going to crush me. What am I going to say in this moment? But I want us to be reacquainted with Jesus because we know a lot about Jesus, but I want you to get really to know the biblical Jesus, who he is, and that's what we talked about. See, uh, according to the Pew Research Poll, spirituality in America is on the rise. Many of us, Christians especially, especially Christians on Facebook, they think Christianity's dying. No, no, spirituality's actually on the rise religion is dying Religi- religiosity is going down right so I, if you really think about that people say that's a bad thing sometimes i think it's a good thing cuz there's no more cultural spirituality uh, cultural christianity going on that is on the demise so when you talk about your faith you got to own it you can't just say oh i'm uh, i'm going to check myself in the christian category it doesn't it, in, our world doesn't work that way anymore and we're like that's a bad thing i'm saying uh, It might be a really good thing for us. And, 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 and I might be coming from left field, but that's where I'm talking about. Americans are uh, getting less religious but more spiritual, or you can see it in our media. It's getting really spiritual. All these spiritual shows going on, angels and demons, and there's so many things about Jesus all the time popping up here and there, especially during Easter time. All these people studying about Jesus, believing in spirituality, and, 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 it's, and I, was, I, I like to say it's not your mama's religion anymore. You got to own it, right? So today, people still believe in God just as much as they believed back then. I'm telling you, in, in spirituality, they still believe in God, even though we're saying we're way, we're way past that, not, not according to polls. We're not past that. We still believe in God just as much. We're just not backed up by religion, right? And, and, and so, but the, the, but, but the big thing I want to talk about is we believe in Jesus, but on, on our own terms, On our own terms and 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 here's the catch if we believe in Jesus on our terms and not his terms Jesus the Jesus we shape the Jesus we fit into our lives the Jesus that uh that um that uh, we schedule and we and it fits into our wants this kind of Jesus cannot change you this kind of Jesus cannot transform you challenge you or dispute you because that kind of Jesus is pretty much you you with me the Jesus that we make up becomes you you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not being challenged in that. No, I'm telling you, the Jesus we make up becomes you. You made him because you put pieces of who he was together to fit in our lives. And Jesus is not an add-on to our life. We must submit to him. He is the pearl of great price, which uh, biblically saying is that he, he is worth everything of mine. And I want to chase after him. We submit our lives to his life, his mission, his desire. That's the real Jesus. And if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 1 verse 9 all right we celebrate the word of god and mark is in the new testament it was actually the first the first letter written about jesus first letter written about jesus so this is good right 20 years after Jesus resurrects from the dead, Mark starts writing about Jesus. And Mark was like the student of Peter. Peter's the guy who denied Jesus all, like a bunch of times and was called Satan. You can study the Peter's life. I like Peter a lot. I'm kind of like Peter because Peter was go, go big or go home. And he had to go home a couple times, right? He he was like, Jesus, you cannot do this. He's like, get thee behind me, Satan. He's like, all right, you got me there, Jesus, right? But he would go, he would go out on a limb for Christ and he was not afraid to go all in. And that's what I really, really liked about Peter. And, and so Mark wrote the first gospel and, and the gospel just means a letter written about Jesus it also means the words good news it's event of the life of Jesus his life, his teachings, his death, his resurrection the reason why all of our history is A.D. and B.C. is this moment of history of Jesus Christ, his life think about it if Jesus' life did not matter think of all of history being split in half because of one man's life I'm telling you, it matters it matters if you think about it Last week we talked about how Mark starts his writings and saying, in the, he doesn't like tell genealogies or tell Christmas stories. He's not, he's not doing away in the manger. Mark immediately says, Jesus is the Messiah in Mark 1.1. He's the king, this Jesus, he's the son of God, he's deity, he's eternal. And he's not found in thrones, surrounded in palaces, surrounded by servants like other kings. This king came serving in the wilderness, and that's where you can find him. And that was last week's message. If you missed it, please get there. And uh, I'm going to read from verse 9 and on. It says, At the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So that's in the wild there. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, just imagine this moment as Jesus is being baptized. He's coming out of the water. He saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice Came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. This is a tremendous verse. I'm gonna pray and we're gonna run right into it. Heavenly Father, I pray bring clarity of mind as these are some deep thoughts of who you are, Lord. And I pray that we put our hope in you and help us understand your word, strengthen our faith, strengthen our hearts, strengthen our lives. And I pray you do miracles today, God, so we can live this life to the fullest. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So I call this message the dance. How many of you guys went to middle school dances? You remember how awkward that is? Right? Middle school dance, you're on one side, you look over at the other, and there's this one girl that you like, but you can't make eye contact, so you're like, and it's really weird. It smells weird. It smells like a mixture of cologne and BO. Yeah, right? This is the middle school dances. And I, I, I totally remember these moments. And I, and I, 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 hate, I, hate, I hated dancing. Uh, and because I was no good at it, right? I was no good at dancing. I know you are looking at me and you are saying, no way, John. There's no way. There is no way. You should be awesome. Yeah. See, I was not, this is before Gangnam style, all right? So I, I didn't know how to do the right Korean dances. Uh, but once I hit high school, and you guys don't know, I, I grew up in San Francisco and I went to high school in an art high school. And we didn't have gym class. We had dance class. Alright, so we didn't have, yeah that's right, I, you didn't know this, but I had dance class for high school and I was like, and I came in as a freshman and I it was, a, my gym teacher was the dance teacher, her name was Miss Martha and she was, she was very flexible and she wanted us to be flexible and we would do these moves and, and, and I was like, there was no way you're making me dance. So I was like, this, I, I have rights, I'm an American, you can't make me dance. Right? And, and so so my freshman year I failed gym class, which was really dance class, right? And and, and you know, my sophomore year I failed gym class, which was actually dance class. And guess what? You can't graduate high school without dance class. So so I, I decided at some point when they said you're not graduating, I said, Oh, oh my gosh, I, I, I have to dance. It's like a movie, right? I need to dance. But I, I remember, and I was like, I, 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 I was like, all right, because it was like ballet and contemporary dance, which is weird. They're like, so I, I, I won't do it, right? I, I, I am a rock. They, you know, they're like, do something. Do, we'd sit in I won't tell you, but it. it's so strange. Contemporary dance, right? And we'd be jumping over bears. And you would have to have your chest straight and your head straight and, and we would plie and, and uh, releve and passe and first position, second position, fourth position, fifth position. And uh, yeah, that's right. We did these things, right? And pirouette, which is the nice little spin you got to do with your arms out. And uh, we did all these things. But by senior year, I knew that I had to do it. So I was like, all right, John, you better embrace this. So I went all in to get a good grade because you can't dance halfway and get a good grade. Because when you dance halfway, you're like, just, they're like F. Because <laughs> she was tough. I was like, all right, I'm all in. I was like, woo, woo. You know, I, was, I was all in the class and I was dancing. And for the tests, I didn't know this, but you got to dance with girls, which was an absolute plus. I was like, oh, I get to dance with girls? done right which was awesome it was fun and but the crazy thing is the more you dance with someone the more you get to know your partner the more in tune you get to uh, you get to be in you you kind of know their next moves right they you make your move and they know how to respond and there's this uh this uh, premonition this intuition that takes place where you're just dancing and it just becomes fun and it, it's just it's just lively and you can sense each other's next moves and i believe this is very true with god after you spend some time on this dance uh, called faith, you begin to know how God is going to move, right? You're going, you know the next steps that he's going to take as you spend time with God. And the more you know about him, the more you can move with him. And Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. And that's what we're doing. We're taking this step with God. We're taking this risk with God. And you're, and you're dancing. And you might look foolish, but you're trusting the teacher, and you're all in. And when you're all in, you just begin to have fun because life is so alive when you're on this dance with God. So now as we're going back to the book of Mark, there's three things I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you that there is a dance going on. There's joy in the dance. That's number two. And Jesus is the way into the dance, all right? So number one, there's a dance, and we're going to look at verse 10 and 11, all right? It says, just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit, so that you can imagine heaven, the skies being torn open. I don't know if it's an alternate dimension or what it was, but there was a moment where heaven was touching earth. Just imagine this. And it tore open, and the spirit of God descending, or or the word, it's the word hovering like a dove over Christ. So there's that there is Jesus in the water, there's a spirit of God hovering over Jesus, right? Jesus in the water, Spirit of God, and then the voice coming out of heaven saying, You are my son, declaring, Whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And if we, if we don't pay attention and we're just reading it, we can go and we can miss this grand moment. We get to see all, and this is confusing, we get to see all the persons of God together in one place. God the Father, the voice, God the Son the wa- in the water, God the Holy Spirit descending and hovering. And Mark is reminding us, he actually wrote this, and some of the wording is very similar to the creation story. He's reminding us back in Genesis when there was God God's Word and God's Spirit. And when he says, let us make man in our image. Very interesting, right? And, I, I, and, just, and I'm going to break this down for you, okay? And we call this understanding the Trinity. Say the Trinity. The Trinity, is, the word the Trinity is not actually found in the Bible. The Trinity means tri, which means three, and unity and, uh, or unity, it means three unity three as one. I'm going to do my best to explain this because, uh, because the more we know how to view God, the more we can uh, enter into who God is and, and enjoy him in our lives and move with him. And so and we, we can see him move in our families, our church, and everything. We want to move with God. That is the goal. And now our world is in three dimensions as we can see it, all right? We can see it in three dimensions. And, and there's height, there's width, and there's depth, right? And people can look like each other, like, uh, we don't look like each other, but, but Candace says the more uh, we, uh, we are married, the longer we're married, the more she looks like me. She actually says her eyes are more squinty, which I think is very racist, all right? I just want to call that out on you in front of everyone, all right? That's racist, right? But uh, sh- I won't go into that story, but I can. But uh, ask her about that story, which I, ca- I just want to call you out, Candace. But people can look alike, act alike, talk alike, but they're not the same person, right? They're distinct individuals. However, God lives without limitation, so the Trinity is one God who eternally exists in three persons. I'm going to say that again. The Trinity is one God who eternally exists in three persons. All right, if you're making up a religion, you would not do that. That is lame. Who would make up the Trinity, right? If you're making up a story like, how should we describe God? Oh yeah, there's like three gods and he's one God, but he's three and he's distinct persons. They all have the same power. They're all omnipresent. Uh, uh, They're omnipotent. They can be in all the places. They're all powerful, but they're three, but they're one. No one thinks of that. That's like the worst idea that you would i would not come up with that all right god came up with that from the very beginning till now that's who god is that's not how we would come up with god all right just to throw that out there right so this father son and spirit who are all knowing powerful and present yet fully one god the bible is clear from the beginning to the end there is one god the, and in Deuteronomy 4.35, it says, The Lord God, there is no other besides him, one God. In 1 Timothy, now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be on their glory forever and ever. Amen. So it's not—so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my little whiteboard from I- Ikea, right? This is how we, uh, how we might see things. One plus one plus one equals three, Right? Right? We would think that, but God works like this. One times one times one equals... One, that's how God works. It's very different from the way our minds work when we see three distinct things. So the Trinity is God in eternal relationship with himself. And this is a hard concept to understand. Just imagine uh, they're in relationship. God is always in community. You know how I try to force you guys into groups with all my heart because it's so good for you? God is constantly in a group. Think about that. He works in that way. God himself is a, a, is a self-contained community, one elevating the other and, 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 and loving the other, glorifying the other, enjoying the other. And, and, I, and let me tell you, in John 16 and 17, it says, to glorify means praise and joy and delight. So God is praising, he's enjoying, and he's delighting in himself, right? Within the Trinity, so the the Father is trying to raise up the Son. The Son is raising up the Father. The Spirit is raising up the Son. So it, I'm going to just uh, draw it out for you, just you know, in just like this. All right, here. Let me erase this. Should have brought an eraser. This that was a bad move. All right. So here is the fa the Father, and he orbits around the Son. The Son orbits around the Father. And here's the Holy Spirit who orbits around both. It's this eternal dance. Sorry, this is the best that I can do. Is <laughs> right? this eternal dance of orbiting around the other, loving the other, enjoying the other, glorifying the other. So a part of God is always trying to up the other part of God, which is a strange thought, Right? And, and this is what's going on eternally in community with God. C.S. Lewis wrote it this way. God is not a static thing. He does not stand still, but a dynamic pulsating activity, almost like a kind of a drama, almost a kind of a dance. He's a dance. God himself is in dance. He's constantly dancing. And, 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 and so this, they're all centering around the other. And I'm sorry that it is an awful circle. These are not good circles. But the son is trying to always center around the father and the father to the son and back and forth and the Holy Spirit to the father and the son to the Holy Spirit. And they're lifting one another up and they're finding joy in one another, which is crazy. Fullness in the other community under other, working in unity, wanting the best for the other, and that's what true love actually is. Within the trinity, we can find what love actually looks like. I'm sorry this is so detailed information, but this is how we grow, guys. This is how we grow. When you're in love, right, and you guys are in love, you guys are about to get married, I'm so in love, right, you can sing, you know, everything feels so good, and when you're in love, you want the best for the other. You do, you wake up. I was, uh, I was talking to Ray, uh, Paul, Ray, and myself. Uh, Ray's like, I love writing poetry, and I asked him, When's the last time you ri- wrote a poem for your wife? <laughs> He's like, We wrote when we were uh, she was my girlfriend, right? <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I just called you out on that. Uh, but I was like, I wrote poetry too. I wrote, and it was awesome. It, it rhymed and everything. But you will do anything to make your the person the the person you're encircling around her life. That's what you're doing. You're orbiting around her saying, how can I lift you up? How can I, I can, how can you, I, how can we get you more delightful, more happy? And in encircling around my wife or well, my girlfriend or whatever, I find joy. My joy is not found because I can get something from her. My joy is found within serving her. And when she's happy, man, I'm just like, I don't know why I'm happy. I'm just happy, Right? And that's what true love really is. And that's the Trinitarian love that God always wanted to teach us within the Trinity as it lifts up the other. There is a deep sense of love that we cannot find in self-orbiting. And what I mean is this. This is you and me. And if everything else orbits around us, right? This is John, right? And if everything—I'm sorry. Just pretend this is awesome. All right, And if everything else orbits around me, like my friends are because of me, like my job is for me, God is for me, I'm not moving nowhere. My life is very static. It's not going anywhere. So everything is moving around me. This is not the God kind of love. It's, sta- it's stagnant it's, uh, because it's, it's not the Trinitarian love that God wants us to have. And, 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 and when we are moving more in this way, it's surrounding others and surrounding God and surrounding those you love, there is a life in you that's so different. You live very differently. See, there's joy in the dance. Many times we miss out because we're too self-focused. Say self-focused. Self-focused just means you're self-centered. Think about that word. Self, you're in the center, and everything else is focused on you. And when you're self-centered, your life doesn't pivot on anything. It all pivots around you, how you're feeling, how you're feeling. Some of us, I know we get home, and sometimes I'm this way. I get home, and I'm mad, so I make everyone else mad. You know why? Because I'm self-centered. I had a bad day, so you're going to have a bad day. Self-centeredness. And Candace calls me out on this sometimes after, after I'm really emotional. She'll call me out here and there. Right? That's self-centered. And you are so miserable when you're self-centered. But everything in you, your flesh wants to be self-centered. That is the heart of sin. The heart of sin is self. And the more you think, the more I pour into myself, the more happy I'm going to be. Go ahead, buy a million big screen TVs. Buy the nicest cars, the biggest homes. Get the best job. Get everything that you want. There's, There's people who do it all the time. And I'm telling you, you'll still be empty because there's no sense. There's no, it's endless. It's miserable to have everything spin around you. Life doesn't work that way. Love doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. We are not good at being God. We can't dance alone. People think sometimes, even Christians think, as long as I'm benefiting myself, I just want to serve people. That thought alone is going to wreck you. If you are trying to benefit yourself from people, you're just serving so that you, they can serve you. Really, you're not orbiting around people. P- you just want people to orbit around you. And, and, and this kind of serving is empty, and that kind of faith is totally lame. It's lame. You're using people so that you, it might fill you up, but at the end, it will not fill you up. Church will not fill you up. I'm telling you, you have to get into the dance. You do. It's a, you want lasting joy? You got to get into the dance. And see, do you know why David, uh, King David in the Psalms, he says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. What he meant is I forgot that this dance was not about me. And the more I understand it's about God and the others, I, there's a joy in that. There's a joy in salvation when we understand that our life is about Christ. A joy in salvation. It's time to change the way you dance. Stop dancing alone. You look crazy, right? God has modeled this dance in the Trinity for himself as we encircle around God, his will, his heart, his people, in losing our self-centered life. Jesus said it in Matthew, Luke, and Mark. Whoever wants to save himself must lose himself. And whoever loses himself for me will be saved or found think about that god has modeled that we got to lose ourselves, and in losing ourselves, we find god we find joy we find god's glory we find god's vision we live in intimacy in the dance let god lead the dance and it will lead you to abundant life it will just look at the Trinity and understand that's how we dance with God. That's the promise that God is willing to give us, that if, as long as we're willing to go deeper in, into the dance, that God is willing to go deeper with us. As we move, he moves. It's a movement of God. And you need to jump all in like I did in, junior, uh, in, in my junior year of high school where you're like, I'm not going to graduate. I better dance. You have called me to dance. Right? I feel like Napoleon Dynamite in that moment, right? I'm going to dance, mom. I'm going to dance. But in that moment, I'm, I'm asking you, jump all in. Why watch someone else's life fill with God and movement and God moving in miracles and we're like, oh, that's so good for them. No, that's what you're called to. You ever watch, like, for me, when I watch people just all in, in this dance of God, I am so excited for them. And you know when you're not in it because you get so self-absorbed. Today, God is inviting us to the dance floor. He is. Some of us, it's been a while since we let God take the lead. We like to take the lead. Anyone, any control freaks in the room? Right? I like to call out control freaks because uh, I am partially a control freak in certain areas, but my wife way more. (laughs) But like, it's so hard for type A's to lose control even a bit. We think something's wrong with my life. Oh, Am I in sin? I'm losing control. No, you're not in sin. Sometimes life is out of control. And I have to tell my wife that. Like, no, you can't, we can't control everything. And that's not because of sinfulness. That's not because God hates you. That's called life because God's directing you. God's pulling you in areas. God's trying to lead the dance and taking you. He's trying to get your hand off the controls. He's like trying to rip off one finger at a time. You're like, no, no, I shall not, right? You hold on so tight, and God, and I say this, some of us, we're so tightly wound, holding on to sin, and we hold on so tight. God loves you so much, and and, and I, I, I hope you hear my heart in this. God is willing to break your hand so that you will let go of the thing that one day will kill you. God loves you so much that God is willing to hurt us so that we let go of the thing that one day will kill us. And sometimes we don't like that. I got rights. I ain't dancing, right? I'm an American. I got rights. But I'm telling you, I don't know where you are in this room, but sometimes God is, is ripping things out of your life, not so that he will hurt you, but so that he could say it you free. You could still heal from this, the moment of breaking. But man, I'm telling you, when our soul is overtaken by sin, you cannot. Man, it will, it will take you out. It will take you out. If we would be honest today, and let's stand. Maybe you've never walked into this dance. Some of us, it's been so long since we let God lead. And if you would be honest, does your life orbit around you? Just take a moment. Just bow your heads for a moment. For a moment. Does your life orbit around you? And if it does, how's that going, man? How's that going? Does your job orbit around you? Your happiness? Your friends orbit around you? Your wife, your husband orbit around you? It's for you. It's about you. Living this way is so exhausting. The search is endless. What was it all for? I believe in all of us, there is something when we're not in the dance that says there has to be more. There has to be more. Today, God is inviting us to the dance. The one with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The one where he takes the lead, and it does feel risky, it does. It feels totally risky, it's vulnerable, and you guys can start passing that out. We're going to pass out communion at this time. And, 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 and it's scary to let go of the wheel, saying, God, I've let go before and I've been so hurt. Some of us, we live there. We live in past pains of where we lost control, and then we were not willing to let God take it because someone hurt us in the past. We're not willing to let God into spaces of our life because someone hurt us in the past. And I'm telling you, man, if you would just let God there, it would bring so much freedom for your heart, so much joy for you. It's vulnerable because it has to be because you're not in control. You might think, what will people think if I go all out for Christ? What, What if I fail? What if I look stupid? But I believe these are the wrong questions we always tell ourselves. What if this? What if that? I think the right questions are, what if this is what I needed? What if people needed me? What if there's a greater life for me to live? What if I've been chasing the wrong thing all along? And God knows something that we don't know like the Trinity It is in glorifying God it is in loving God it is in praising God that we find happiness delight and enjoyment we were made for God you were made for God you were made for God I want us to hear it you were made for God you were listen 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 God does not need your worship some of us we're in here we're like you need my worship you need me to serve you we god doesn't need you at all at the end of the day he's god he's in perfect community with himself he doesn't need your community your praise your lifting up your joy he already has it within himself think about that God doesn't need your worship. God doesn't need your prayers. God doesn't need your service. He's all good, all by himself, within who he is. You know who needs praise, I mean worship. You you know who needs to worship. You know who needs to pray. You know who needs to serve. It's not God. It's you. Because in serving, in worshiping, in praying, and in joining God in this dance, there is pure joy. There's pure fulfillment, the abundant life, the great salvation. Jesus is the way to get into this. And I'm going to read you the last verse I have for you in Romans 5, 8, 9. It says, but God demonstrates his own love in this. And this is one of the verses that just wrecks me, right? God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, and when I listen, to, think of the words, well, While we were still sinners, I remind myself where I, where I was. And maybe you need to remind yourself where you were so you know who you are today. When I look at the words, while I was still sinners, while I was far from God, while I hated God, while I had no, wanted nothing to do with God, Christ died for us. Christ died died for me when I was in absolute hatred of God far from God since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him the word justified and I learned this from uh, I was listening to Matt Chandler he said the word justified means that you and I stand before God accepted pure blameless without sin God looks at us and he sees Jesus in us. He sees the best in us, just in his sight. All the wickedness, the disrespect, all the hidden sin, all the blasphemy, all the blatant sin that we have done against God has been removed. And God sees us as just, just. We have now been justified by an act of God, all done on his side. So stop trying to earn God's love earn god's grace earn god's forgiveness you can't rather take his invitation into the dance i believe god has his hand out and saying come on i got something for you it's gonna be so good just like me in crazy art school gym class dance class right i was like no way this is going to be good but once i jumped all the way in it was it was really fun it was incredible it was something i've never experienced before and and i want you guys to take the invitation trusting god that he can lead you into the dance i'm sick of people living life for god without god i'm living for god but i don't have any god in me right i know all about god but i'm not living for god at all and i say i'm sick of it because it hurts me As as a pastor, to think that people have all access to God. Sometimes I see you guys struggling or going through the toughest times in life, and I can see it on your face. And you pray to God, but you don't really want him in your life. You don't want him to take over. You just want, want answered prayers. You don't want more of God. You want more answers. But the crazy part is more answers is founded more of God. It is the dance, man. It's the dance. And God is asking you to join him in. Join him. Let him take the lead. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the cup. He took the bread. I'll do the bread first. He took the bread and he broke it. And I, I like to break it in my hands because it reminds me of what happened to Jesus on the cross. He was broken. And he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Do Take this In remembrance of me, let's take the bread together. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done on the cross. While we were still sinners, God, while we were still far from you, your love came after me. You knew everything about me, and you still loved me. That is a good God. Thank you so much. On that same night, Jesus took the cup, and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, and what he means by new covenant is no longer, it's about, it's on you, that I'm going to cover you with my blood, my life, and any time that God looks at you, when you're in Christ, he looks at me. And the way I need to be treated, the way that I need to be loved, that's the way he's going to love you. You're joining in on the dance. And on that night, he took a cup. He said, this is my blood for the new covenant. Any time you drink of this, do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. If you are in Christ today, you are a new creation. You are made new. And everything that Jesus deserves is for you. And everything that you deserved was put and nailed to the cross. Stop dumpster diving. Stop trying to go to the cross and grab back the things that you already released to Christ. If you're in this room and you need to release things to Christ and you're saying, God, I need you to take this out of my life. I need to give my sin to you. I need to lay it down. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand and say, you know what, John, I've been dealing with this issue. I've been dealing with this thing that has been controlling my life. I've been dealing with this control and I can't join in the dance because I'm such a control freak. I, I can't do it. I can't let go to God because I've been hurt in the past, God. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, God, help me. All in this room, Lord God, I believe hands are going up, Lord, and they need you to take their hands, Lord God, and lead them, Lord. Heavenly Father, lead them this week as we join in into the dance with the Trinity God that utterly loves us, Lord God. I pray as we leave today, we leave filled in our minds, Lord God, and let that translate to our heart that when we're in with God, we are on this dance, Lord God. Let's jump. All the way in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for giving me your time. Man, I hope that changes the way we look at God. God bless you guys.